Hello, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing Headlines today. Um, Chris, our friends over at Boxing247.com who are having a fun week, I might add, uh, preparing for the Tyson Fury, Dillian White fight, uh, which the Brits are calling Fight Week. And uh, it started off today with an open workout session, which is actually a ticketed event. Uh, So if you are... Uh, rich enough, quite frankly, you go see uh, Tyson Fury, for example, work out and watch him work out in the Southpaw stance, uh, to which uh, this therefore leads off today's uh, comments. You've got uh, an open workout today, ticketed event, courtesy of uh, your boys at uh, Matchroom and uh, Frank Warren and all those fellows make tons more money on this event. Uh, Tomorrow you've got uh, a media conference going on, but that's just for the media. And then the undercard press conference takes place uh, on Thursday and the official weigh-in, uh, which is also ticketed on Friday. But let me just jump ahead here to a few comments uh, out of uh, Eddie Hearn's mouth, who yabbles on about, uh, you know, Dillian might being able to disrupt uh, the rhythm of Tyson Fury and uh, commenting on his southpaw stance that uh, he thinks might not work in terms of confusing Dillian White. He says... Bluntly, Dillian White can punch very, very hard and probably has the best left hook in the division. If you get sloppy against Dillian White and you trade up left hooks like Derek Chisora did in the 11th round when he got knocked out, Dillian White can fight, can win this fight by knockout. That's Eddie Hearn. I think he'll lose most rounds, to be honest with you, because Tyson is very difficult to win rounds against. But if Tyson gets sloppy or gets hurt, and like I said, disrupts the room, cuts him off, and when he touches those ropes, unload everything. Doesn't matter if it's belly, shoulders, neck, side of head, anywhere you can hit him because Tyson is very difficult to hit, said Hearn. There you go. Eddie Hearn's suggesting that uh, there could, in fact, be a knockout uh, decision with respect to Dillian White's left hook, scoring a direct hit uh, on uh, Tyson Fury. Now, it's going to be a good month of fights, by the way. Um, you know, uh, Dimitri Bivol going up against Canelo. Of course, the ladies uh, going up, Amanda Serrano. Uh, I'm going to shake that, take that title from Katie Taylor. Uh, you know, uh, anyway, good, good, good. And let me, jumping ahead of myself, I was meant to uh, be reporting on some results. But let me continue down uh, my agenda. Over at the hangar in Costa Mesa, California. Uh, on the weekend, we saw super lightweight rising star Ernesto Tito Mercado, who's 5-0 with five knockouts, remain undefeated, scoring his fourth consecutive first-round knockout, this time against battle-tested veteran Daniel Evangelista Jr., who's now 20-14-2. The sixth-round bout promoted by Engelbrecht Promotions and Events on the popular Fight Club OC series took place, as I said, at the hangar in Costa Mesa. Uh, let's just have a quick look here and see. Now, there are no other uh, results from Costa Mesa, so that ends that quick little story for you. Elsewhere, though, over in uh, California, at a place called Ontario, California, at the Double Tree Hotel, Horatio Garcia went toe-to-toe against Ruben Villa, and this is the result. Last night at the Double Tree Hotel in Ontario, California, Thompson Boxing Promotions, former featherweight world title challenger, Ruben Drac Villa, 
He was 19 and one with six knockouts and co-promoted by banner promotion, scored a ninth round knockout over Horatio Garcia, who's now 35, six and one, who's fighting out of Guadalajara, uh, Mexico. Villa versus Garcia, a scheduled 10 round main event headline Thompson's Path to Glory event, which we reported on uh, last week, as this was their second consecutive sold out show. Good for them. So uh, in, in other news though, on the six round uh, middleweight co-feature, Richard Brewer Jr., who's now 11-0, dominated Antonio Duarte, who's 2-3, and and defeated him by unanimous decision. Both fighters were engaging throughout the fight, landing lots of power shots, but it was Brewer Jr. who was landing the cleaner blows. Neither fighter was even hurt, but Brewer Jr. scored his, showed his superior class, and the scorecards read 60-54 across the board. Good for him. In the previous bout, super light uh, weight Pedro Valencia went 9-0. Seven knockouts and got off uh, the deck in round one to win a unanimous decision against Edgar Palacios. Three and one with one knockout. Palacios, a tall southpaw, dropped Valencia with a straight left and almost took him out, but was saved by the bell. Valencia got his legs back and outworked Palacios for the rest of the fight, winning many of the remaining rounds. Scorecards reading 57-56 in favor of Valencia by all three judges. Good stuff. In a scheduled six-rounder, in the welterweight division, Esteban Munez, who's 6-1, and one, was dominant against Kenny Williams before the bout was stopped by an accidental headbutt after the third round, resulting in a technical knockout. It was unfortunate the fight was stopped by an accidental headbutt, said Munoz. I feel I would have won regardless. I was winning every round, in my opinion. It was my first fight of the year, and I'm hoping to get right back in the ring as soon as possible. In the second bout of the night, middleweight Nelson Oliva, 2-0, dropped Manuel Martinez, 6-6-4, six and six and four, twice in the opening round, forcing the referee to stop the bout at the 142 mark. Oliva sent Martinez to the canvas both times with powerful left hooks. And finally, in the opening bout, bantamweight prospect Alejandro Barajas, 1-0, and Ulysses Rosales, 0-6, went the distance in their scheduled four-round bout. Barajas won every round by outworking Rosales from start to finish, and the scorecards read 40-36 in favor of Barajas, who was making his pro debut. Winning my pro debut is something I envisioned since started boxing, said Barajas. I have a long way to go, but I know I have a lot to learn. I'm going to keep working hard, and I'll be ready when my name is called again. Good friend, right attitude. Alrighty, let's uh, zip along to... Uh, the boxer, the, the boxer um, lightweight series I was uh, reporting on last week, their tournament uh, featured hometown hero Dylan Chinema, who went 5-0 and emerged as the winner of the tournament, uh, promoted by Boxer, that's B-O-X-X-E-R, as he beat Rillan Char- Charlton, who's now 9-3-1, four knockouts, by unanimous decision to claim the 40,000-pound prize at the Skydome Arena in Coventry, and that was shown live on Sky Sports. Former kickboxing world champion from Coventry didn't have an easy road to the final, however, as Chima had to fend off the likes of Scott Melvin, who's 5-1, and one, and Otis Lookman, 1-1, one one, along the way. The final was an all-out war from the opening bell. Both men landed powerful shots that had uh, all in attendance grimacing. The pair were feeling the effects from the furious fights and were breathing heavily at the end of the round. Uh... It asked the question of who was hungrier to win. 
Chima and Charlton traded numerous punches in the second round that time, but it seemed Charlton was flat out on his feet, but he kept mustering energy to answer the Chima. Uh, the third, third and final round uh, was the one to go down in boxer series history books as all in attendance were speechless on what they were witnessing. Both men put the hard hours in during training camp, and it showed in the ring with the end-to-end action. The Coventry crowd retreated to a great night of a boxing tournament. The Boxer Series victory at lightweight not only led Chima to an eye-watering amount of cash, but a step in the right direction as more opportunities under the Boxer and Sky Sports banner await the 25-year-old. Chima's route, route to the final was a hard-earned one that had his hometown crowd of Coventry entertained. After an explosive first-round stoppage victory over Otis Lookman in the quarterfinals, Chima faced Scott Melvin in the semis, which was easily a fight of the night until the final. Melvin looked comfortable throughout the second round against Chima. He wasn't afraid to showboat in front of the Coventry crowd. However, it was Chima that was landing the more convincing punches. The final round had the crowd in awe, as both fighters bit down on the gum shield and came out swinging. Melvin was able to slip some of the forward attacks from Chima, but saw himself on the end of a lot of heavy blows. It was a difference for the judges at ringside. Melvin's journey to win the semifinal against Chima was a difficult one for himself personally, as he had drawn against fellow stablemate Tion Gibbs, who's 8-1, by the way, uh, who is more, uh, most notably rec- recognized as the brother of Corey Gibbs, uh, a boxer series uh, champion from Liverpool. Uh, an interesting fight from the moment it was drawn earlier in the week. Both fighters shared the same corner and were anticipating a meeting in the final. Both men fought hard, and it was hard to split the two before the final bell. Melvin took the victory via split decision. Good stuff. Both, before Charlton joined Chima in the final, he stopped the experienced Sean Cooper uh, in the final round of their semifinal meeting. Charlton was a handful in every fight he took part in on the night with his super aggressive style fighting, living up to his nickname. The pint-sized powerhouse. Good stuff. Uh, the bookie's favorite in Sky Sport Boxing regular Charlton defeated Nottingham-based uh, fighter Joe Underwood Hughes, who's now 7-1, prior to his semifinal appearance in a grueling quarterfinal clash, which could have gone either way. Charlton remained on the front foot throughout all three rounds, with Hughes doing a fantastic job to stay with his man following the onslaught. Good stuff, uh, good result out of uh, the tournament that we've been reporting on for several weeks now, and good for Boxer to, to keep developing their young talent. Uh, speaking of young talent, uh, this was reported on quite a lot over the weekend. I won't spend too much time on it, but Connor Ben did clobber uh, Chris Van Heerden and, uh, at the Iowa Arena in Manchester, and here is a brief little story uh, from our friends at Boxing 247. Connor Ben continues to prove why he is considered one of the best young welterweight fighters and retained his WBA Continental Crown by knocking out Chris Van Heerden in two rounds last Saturday at the Manchester Arena. The Briton made the seventh defense of his regional title of the pioneering organization, and every time he steps into the ring, he looks better. This time, he demolished a veteran with a good record as Van Heerden who has had good fights against renowned opponents in the division. Despite his height and reach disadvantage, Ben went in the attack in the very first minute against the brave Van Heerden, who never shied away from the exchange. However, the champion's quick hands were felt, and from the beginning, he was connecting well with left hook and his straight right to put the challenger in danger. In the second round, he managed to hit the African with a straight right hand that sent him to the canvas, and he could not recover. So that, that uh, was the hit uh, where the, th- and the fight was ended quite early. Uh, 
Ben's undefeated record continues after 21 professional fights, 14 of them won by knockout, while Van Heerden dropped his record to 28 wins, three losses, one draw, with 12 knockouts. A good fight re- reported by all, and uh, very exciting two rounds of action, uh, but not the result that Van Heerden was uh, hoping for. Uh, as we had reported, he had lost his father in a, in a brutal uh, criminal act three years ago. So anyway, too bad for Van Heerden, but good news for Connor Ben and the welterweight division. Alrighty, let's move along here to Jason Cunningham, who went to Togan's Terry LaCouvier. We reported on this several weeks ago. This is a fight that took place at Telford International Arena, again in England. And here's the story. Jason Cunningham retained his European Super Bantamweight title with a six-round stoppage of previously unbeaten challenger Terry LaCouvier or Corvier at the Telford International Arena on Saturday night. It was a successful and spectacular second defense of his coveted title to the Doncaster man who has his eyes firmly fixed on a world title tilt. The Corvier came perilously close to being counted out in just the second round when Cunningham unloaded a vicious left uppercut to the body that floored the Frenchman who got up uh, at nine. The Corvier was down again in the third as Cunningham was exploiting the weaknesses at will and the 16-year-old man was being outclassed by his more experienced opponent, although he managed to compose himself a little in the fourth. Cunningham pummeled the body again in the fifth, and the Corvier looked vulnerable once more, and it was all over in the sixth when another left under the ribs saw the Corvier wanting no more, and the five wave was waved off after 53 seconds of the round. Good for him. All right, okay. Errol Spence Jr. versus Yodinius Yugas. And we all know who won. It's been reported on a lot, as much as uh, any other major fight should be. Anyway, we should see Errol Spence go up against uh, Terrence Bud Crawford, I think. And uh, good luck to Errol in that fight. In this particular fight, though, against Yodinius Yugas, he broke the orbital bone, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, of Mr. Yugas. So let's have a quick read here of the story, The Big Fish. Successfully navigated treacherous waters on Saturday night to a pick and picked up a third welterweight title. IBF and WBC welterweight champion Errol the Truth Spence Jr. showed his greatness against WBA champion Jordinus Yugas, battling back from early adversity to stop Yugas in the 10th round on Showtime Pay-Per-View Live from the AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, headlining a premier boxing champions event before an announced crowd of 39,946 screaming, rabid fans. The remaining welterweight title, not in Spence's possession, belongs to WBO title holder Terrence Crawford, who is an interested observer on Saturday, tweeting his reaction to the Spence victory. Spence made clear his preference for his next opponent. He said, everybody knows who I want next. I want Terrence Crawford. That's the fight that I want. That's the fight everybody else wants. Like I said, I'm going to get those straps, then go over there and take his two. Terrence, I'm coming for that belt. You heard it here. Certainly not first, but you heard it here. All righty. I meant to Stantonius moved a step closer to establish himself as one of the best uh, welterweights with an action-filled split decision win against the rugged Rajab Butyav lifting his WBA title in the main event uh, of, a national, of a special edition of a Showtime Championship Boxing that preceded the four-fight Spence Yuga Showtime pay-per-view event from the AT&T uh, Stadium, as I said, 
in Arlington, Texas. In a boat fought at close range, standing on this, landed the crisper, more eye-catching shots, repeatedly rocking the sturdy Butiev with hard rights and a reliable jab, jab in the most complete performance of his career. He won by the judges' scores of 116, 111, 117, 110, and 113, 114, improving to 14 and 0 with nine knockouts, while Butiev, who had a point deducted in the 11th for holding and hitting, suffered his first defeat of his career, dropping down to 14 and 1 with 11 knockouts. I still can't believe it. Stanion has said afterward, it was a dream come true to hear and the new. When I was a kid, I visualized what this would look like and how it would feel to become a champion. It's because of the hard work, dedication, belief in myself and my team to get me to this big stage. I just want to tell everybody that dreams do come true if you believe in it and give you everything. It will happen. Displaying a granite chin and impressive punch selection, Stanion is a 27-year-old former Olympian from Lithuania made his case for securing a fight with the winner of Saturday's main event between IBFWBC welterweight champ Errol Spence, uh, junior NWBA champ, uh, Yordin Nasugas. Well, as you just heard, Errol Spence, who won that fight, doesn't see Stan Jonas. He sees Terrence Crawford as his next opponent. See what happens there. All right. Ah, Coming up on May 7th, uh, down in Bridgewater, Massachusetts, we're going to see David Ribeiro versus uh, Fernando Perez. Boxers make only one professional debut, and Brockton, Massachusetts, welterweight David Ribeiro is excited to make his on May 7th uh, on the hometown royalty card in his first pro boxing event held uh, in Bridgewater, Massachusetts, at the Bridgewater Veterans Club. Uh, and that's located at 85 Cottage Street, if you happen to be in the hood. Hometown Royalty is presented by Granite Chin in association with Capiolo Boxing Promotions and Shearns Boxing Promotions. Fighting out of the City of Champions, Brockton son Ribeiro is a celebrated amateur, having won gold medals at the 2020 New England Golden Gloves, 2019 King of the Ring, and the regional Mike Tyson Tournament. Ribeiro quickly realized that there are several key differences between amateur and pro boxing, as well as the importance of keeping his poise despite being excited, especially with his family, friends, and fans, screaming his name with every thrown punch. He said the big difference is in preparation, physically and mentally. And it's also more about promoting the event to get people to come. Ribeiro explained about turning pro. There's a buzz here in Brockton, and I'm excited. Um, let's have a quick look here. Uh, Ribeiro said, my team does the research on my opponents and they train me to be prepared. They train me to win, I fight. I leave all the research to my team. I want to have an impressive pro debut to get people excited to see me fight against and look forward to my future. As I said, his opponent is going to be Fernando Perez, who's 0-3, fighting out of Plymouth, Massachusetts. Said Granite Chin President Chris uh, Trietti, I'm excited to have David's pro debut close to home. I've heard nothing but great things about him in and out of the ring. I look forward to seeing his pro career get started and flourish. May 7th is simply the first step in what I know will be a successful journey. Quick look here, and we see that we have some other fighters to mention. Holbrook, Massachusetts junior welterweight, Mike Badman Ohan Jr., who's 14-1 and one with eight knockouts, faces El Chino Obal, who's 8-9 and nine, out of Argentina in an eight-round main event. Ohan is dropping down a weight from welterweight, in which he captured and defended the New England title. 
Former world rated Ryan the Polish Prince. Kielzreski. <laughs> 30 and 6 with 11 knockouts. Al Quincy takes on Argentinian lightweight Mario Lozano. 18-5-1 in an eight-round co-featured event. The 32-year-old Kielzreski was a 2008 National Golden Gloves silver medalist as well as two-time New England Golden Gloves champ. Undefeated New Bedford light heavyweight, heavyweight Idat McPanam, who's 6-0, uh, a 2018 New England Golden Gloves runner-up, fights Scott Bombs Lampert, who's 2-4 and four with two knockouts in a six-rounder, while Fall River, Massachusetts, welterweight Damian Towns is 4-0 with three knockouts, meets Robert Bricks, despite his name, 0-9, in a four-round match. There's uh, a proviso. The cards are subject to change. And B, uh, let's have a quick look here. So if you're in uh, Massachusetts on May 7th, the place to be is the Bridgewater Veterans Club. There you have it. All the news fit to print. Thanks for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for Boxing News Today. Uh, remember to join Mike Corn for Cedric Ben uh, for Knuckle Up. As I said, that's 4 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time here on Talk and Fight. And uh, I might be there as well. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow.